Are you tired of your content not getting the reach it deserves? Change that at Grow With Video Summit. From May 23rd through the 25th, join industry leaders like Gary Vee, Ali Abdal, Patrick Bet David, Cody Sanchez, and more for strategies that will elevate your visibility and engagement. So go to summit.thinkmedia.com to secure your ticket. Just click the link in the description or go to summit.thinkmedia.com. Next thing you know, I looked down and I had 100,000 followers. It is something that transformed the trajectory of my life. It's a matter of finding what lights you up and what you actually love and infusing that into the content. So making sure in the first two seconds of that video, I'm showing a problem and quickly how I solve it. And then I get into the video. So how do you effortlessly create short form content that people love to watch? I'm excited because in today's episode of the Think Media Podcast, I'm getting to sit down with Kat Norton, aka Miss Excel, who has created an incredible brand helping people learn Microsoft Excel, but is also sharing that content on the internet, serving people. And not only are we going to talk about video and short form content, but also how to kind of position yourself and package what you know and really make an impact B2B and even B2C. So Kat, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so grateful uh, that we're hanging out in San Diego, social media marketing world. You spoke yesterday and you crushed your session all about short form video. And so give me a high level. Why do you love short form video? So short form video is something super near and dear to my heart because it is something that transformed the trajectory of my life. So before short form video content and creating it, I did not have a business and it is essentially what my business was built on. Wow. And so people, I love the word effortlessly in your title. And when it comes to creating content, it can feel overwhelming. So how can people get started without the overwhelm? So it really comes down to basically figuring out how you get into a creative flow state. And that's a big part of it to make those ideas drop in of what you actually want to go in and create. So that's something that I like to talk about a lot in terms of what are ways that we can kind of biohack our own minds and figure out how to get from a left brain dominated state where we're more analytical and thinking about the future and the past into more of the right side of the mind where we're getting those creative downloads. And it's really just about finding activities within yourself that shift you into that right side of the mind. So take us into your process. How do you biohack yourself into that creative flow state? Yeah. So for me, it really looks like getting out in nature. I live out in Sedona in the Red Rocks. So for me, it's getting outside, grounding myself. I do yoga. I meditate, things like that. And really just staying out of left-brained activities, too. So when I wake up on my creative days, I'm not, like, checking my emails or doing anything where I would be analyzing. And I focus more on, like, creative flow state activities. I got it. And and then are you capturing ideas? Like, if you're meditating, do you have a journal? Oh, and you're like, oh, that's one. So how are you? What are you capturing? What are you writing down? Yeah. So typically when I'm getting into the flow state, I will have, like, a notebook near me in case any ideas drop in. But then once I'm in that state is when I go through and I start scrolling on social media first, taking a look at trends, seeing what's going on and seeing what ideas start clicking. Like I'll see like drop it like it's hot by Snoop Dogg trending. And I'm like, okay, I can match that with a drop down menu, right? Like all these things start to click once I'm scrolling and looking around on social from that creative flow state. That's when some ideas start dropping in. And then I look at how can I up level those trends? How can I make those authentic to me? How can I go in and add that creative spin? And that's really where the creative process flows in. And so give us, oh, we'll take a step back. I introduced you as Miss Excel, but pitch what you do so we can think about how you're applying something that could seem boring, yep. could seem just super like it's Excel and yet 
you're pulling creative flow state into that. So describe what you do and what you teach. So I make Microsoft Excel fun. That's really the underline of what I do. And it's really expanded out into the other Microsoft Office product. But essentially, I take things that would traditionally be boring and dry, but are things that people need to know at work quite often, and then infuse them with fun and creativity so that it's actually something entertaining and you're actually paying attention. So then you learn the skills. And that's really what I went through, too, when building my courses. And how can I infuse the courses with as much creativity, too? Got it. So you're taking something because if someone's listening to this, they might think, how is originating a loan or describing different loan products to a home buyer or home seller going to be fun? How, How do I take my business and actually make it fun or creative? So you take whatever it is that you have, but your goal is to then actually bring in trendy music, uh, bring in some kind of idea that's sort of maybe extemporaneous, pull it into the the here and now. And so you're getting into a flow state. You're jotting down ideas. You're also jumping on social media, looking at trends. And what are some tips for someone that says, I, I just can't create that bridge? I see that, okay, someone's dancing over here and I see this, so- this sound and I'm not... Sh- and But like, how does that apply to like my service provider business? So first off, I would say if you don't like dancing, don't dance. That's always the advice I give people because I feel like a lot of times on social media, people are encouraged to dance and do the trends. But for me, when creating my business, I was just pulling in things that are authentic to me. I was like, what do I want to do with my life? What do I love? And I was like, I love to help people. I love Excel. And I love to dance. And how can I put those three things that I love in a video? So for me, the dancing was just something authentic to me. But really, it's a matter of finding what lights you up and what you actually love and infusing that into the content. And then just from a creative perspective, it's really going in. And one technique a lot of people use is storytelling with that. And that's just a way to kind of build a narrative around what you're trying to teach. That's a way to make it entertaining without necessarily having to dance on the screen. That's amazing. And can you think of any vertical videos you've done that have been your highest performing videos and how those came together? Like what was, was it a trending audio? And what are some lessons that maybe some of your breakout videos taught you? Yeah. So really it comes down to these four things. The first thing is that the video had an element of polarity to it. And by polarity, it kind of hit it in a couple ways. It was one, the nature of the content itself. I was combining two things that people would normally never combine, like Excel and dancing. And that sparked that conversation. That got people who, you know, might not even be interested in Excel. They're like, what is this girl doing, you know? And that really is what got my videos off the ground. And then the video that I'm envisioning in particular also had an additional layer of polarity to it. It's where I showed how to do an Excel tip in one way where there were like four other options. So instead of being like, here are the four ways you can break text out of your cell, it was I showed one way. And by just showing one, it actually created conversation around it because people are like, why'd she use Flashville and not the text to columns tool, you know? And that also created conversation. A second thing is the storytelling element. So I typically will jump into actual characters, especially if I want to underlay trending music and do things without speaking. I'll just dress as different characters, label myself on the screen and kind of create this narrative around the content. So that way, even if someone has seen that Excel tip before, they still might be commenting and relating to it because they're like, oh, like this has happened with my boss before, things like that. Third thing is problem solving. So making sure in the first two seconds of that video, I'm showing a problem and quickly how I solve it. And then I get into the video because that's usually my hook for getting someone in, especially in the Excel space. It's like, how is this going to save me time? How is this going to make me more efficient? And then the fourth thing really is just going in and having that authentic energy. 
So people can tell on a subconscious, subtle level if you are uncomfortable on screen. So I will go through multiple times and make sure that how I feel on the inside is what is showing up on the outside on the other side of that screen, because that's what really builds that trust with your audience, right? If someone's looking a little shifty on screen, you know, like you might be like, oh, I want to buy their stuff, you know? So I spend a lot of time cultivating the energy within me so that when I come up on screen, it's like, bam, you know, someone wants to enter the virtual world you have created on the other side of that screen. This video was brought to you by StreamYard. StreamYard is our go-to platform for streaming to YouTube and Facebook with an incredibly easy to use interface for built-in branding, transitions, text lower thirds, and seamlessly bringing on guests. It really is one of the best options when it comes to live streaming. And what's so cool is they've implemented a brand new feature called local recording. Take control of your audio and video with local recordings by separating out your audio and video from your guests. This feature gives you the control over your content for later use, making it perfect for podcasts and video creators. Just go to streamwiththink.com to get started now. And give me an example of a character. When you say characters, what do you mean? So typically I'll play like more of office space characters. So I'll be a boss in one section, then I'll be a coworker, then I'll like be me, you know, jumping in the video, like saving the day with the exultant and really just kind of creating that office narrative because that's typically where my products are used. That's amazing. And let's talk a little bit about how you became Miss Excel. People want to know how they found their niche. It's super strong. At first, it doesn't appear, appear very strong or it just appears like that seems average. But you have impacted over a million people that have been a part of your programs and you have just all this influence. And as you niche down in something, I mean, millions and millions, and you probably know the number, how many people use Microsoft Office yeah. products? It's outrageous. And so it's, it is a powerful niche. It's specific within the niche. You're able to broaden a little bit more now. But I know people watching this, they feel like the world's saturated. They feel like, you know, well, how do I pick my thing? And maybe, too, there could be something present in their expertise or their experience, but they're devaluing because... It just seems like it's old Excel or something. Yeah. So what was the journey of becoming Miss Excel and finding your thing, finding your niche? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was really all a mindset game. So it started off, I was a consultant at a business before this doing securitization reviews for banks. And every week I was traveling to a different state in the U.S. And also I was teaching Microsoft Excel on the side internally at my day job just because I liked it. And then with the start of the pandemic, I found myself back in my childhood bedroom of my parents' house being like, I don't know what I want to do with my life, but this ain't it. And I was 27 years old, just trying to figure it out. And I really went inward. I was like, okay, what do I want to do with my time on this planet? What actually lights me up? And in going inward, I was like, okay, I see, you know, I have these limiting beliefs going on about myself. I've had a pretty severe anxiety disorder. I hated having attention on me. Not something you would really want for going on TikTok. So I spent the first couple months just really working on myself and clearing a lot of that out day in, day night, just, you know, reading, learning about the mind, learning how I could rewire that. Then I got to this place where I'll never forget this. It was April of 2020. I didn't start my business till June. I came out of my childhood bedroom and I was like, Mom, I'm going to be rich and famous soon. So I need you to prepare your nervous system for that. And she's just like, Kathleen, go clean your room. You know, she's like, what? But just every cell in my body knew something massive was about to happen. So then I'm on the phone, fast forward to June with one of my best friends. And she's like, what if you put the Excel tips on TikTok? And I was like, 27 with a corporate job. I can't just make TikTok. But in that moment when she said it, I also saw it. I saw, you know, that Drake song, Tuesday Slide, left foot up, right foot slide. I saw myself dancing to the Tuesday Slide to the left and the right function in Excel above my head. Well, and at this point, I'm like, 
I don't know how to video edit. I don't know how one would get an Excel screen above their head, right? But I could not shake this idea. So next two days go by, my brain is like, you cannot make a TikTok. But my gut was like, make the TikTok. And I'll never forget my schedule clears on a Friday afternoon. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to make a test video and see if this works. And I did it and was like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. So I whip out 10 more videos and I make my secret TikTok account, Miss Excel. And I only told my mother and my boyfriend what I was doing. And I started silently posting one video a day. And then by the fourth video, it reaches 100,000 views. And I'm like, that's all these people I know, people at work. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then by the sixth video, the CEO of an IT company reaches out and is like, hey, I love your teaching style. I'm looking to create G Suite training videos for students, parents, and teachers because that's when all the schools were starting to go digital. So at this point, I'm like, well, clearly I'm a Microsoft gal, but, you know, I could figure this out. So I formed an LLC, got a green screen, a ring light. I moved my childhood bedroom furniture into a corner and made a little studio in my room and was working my day job during the day, cranking out videos, selling them back to the sky at night. And at the same time, I kept making the Miss Excel contacts. At this point, I'm like, you know what? It's an opportunity magnet, you know, it's helping a lot of people out there. I'll just keep doing this. So about three weeks go by and I had my first video go viral on TikTok. And next thing you know, within a couple of days, I looked down and I had 100,000 followers and was like, well, now what do I do, right? So I made an Instagram as well. And I kind of just kept going viral across the platforms each month. And to, it grew to a few hundred thousand people across the platforms. And at that point, I had no product. So come November of 2020, I was like, dang, I should probably have a course or something going on. So I made my first Excel course infused with so much fun and creativity because after my content, if you've seen it, like your girl cannot have a boring course. And so I started selling Black Friday of 2020. And then by January, my courses were bringing in more passive income each month than my day job was. So at that point, I was like, kind of rethink my priorities out here, you know, spending 40 hours a week at the day job, 10 hours a week on this, and it's doing the same. So against everyone's better judgment, I quit my day job and went full time on social media. And then over the next, you know, few months, I built out 10 more courses. And then that's how I scaled it into a multi-million dollar business. That's incredible. What a story. And so your growth was really one year about, it was one year from starting while you had a day job to being able to, you made your first course later that year. And then basically Mm -hmm. by the 2021, you were full-time. Yes. And then you started to scale. And so what is your advice as we land the plane for productizing what you know? Online courses have been the thing for you. And the majority of your impact is B2C. So a lot of people that just want to learn Excel and go deeper but also even B2B now, you you can license your courses and the, depending on how many people in the business are learning. What are some of your advice for somebody that wants to package what they know that you've learned about when it comes to creating online courses? Really, course sales is where it's at. And really making sure you create a course too. One, that's something you love, but two, around the lifestyle you want to create. Like I particularly chose Evergreen courses because I was just looking for ways to stop trading time for money. I was like, I jumped out of my corporate job because I wanted to just go out and live my life. I wanted to travel. I wanted to do things, you know? And so I made sure that I built this business around what lifestyle I wanted to live. Like, I was like, I don't want to be working, you know, 40 hour weeks anymore. I want to work 15 hour weeks. So I'm going to build a team, build a structure and build this out in a way that will support that. So that's a really big thing too, like versus committing to doing like in person or live things like unless it's something that really lights you up definitely like think on how you actually want to get that modality out but really when it comes to course creation I got the process down pretty solid I was 
So this is one thing that like really just gets the hire going is selling the courses before they are done. And I started selling a bundle of eight courses where only two were live. So I had that fire under me to whip out the other six. So I got it down to a process where I could build an 100 video training course in a week from start to finish, spend one day mapping it out, two days filming. So two six hour filming days, a 12 hour course. And then I would spend three days video editing all the videos. And then on that seventh day, I would post the course. And I was like, rinse and repeat, got the process down really well. And that's what I did to build out those first set. That's amazing. And what are the titles of the courses? A few of them. Yeah. So my main course is Excel, but then we also teach Word, PowerPoint, Outlook, OneNote. I have a Google Sheets course, a kids course now. Yeah, that's amazing. And where do you host them? Thinkific. Nice. And so uh, what would your advice be? A lot of people hear your story. It's so inspiring. You were in a corporate job and now you've created freedom. You're able to impact people. You're able to have fun, leverage social media, create autonomy and be able to travel. I mean, it's the dream. It's why a lot of people listen to the Think Media podcast. They're trying to achieve some of those own things and their unique niche and their unique, unique situation. What would your advice be for someone who's looking at the uphill battle of starting from scratch, the competition that's out there? you know, feeling like the algorithm is against them. What is your advice to somebody that wants to start right now this year? Take messy action. It's really once we come to the terms that we are the only thing really standing in our own way. And once we get out of our own way and release any perfectionism, release any attachment to the outcome, that's really where the opportunities flow in. My entire business has been inbound leads. From I've been in 50 different global media outlets. I've never reached out for press. All my corporate deals that have come through have all just been through kind of releasing that attachment to the outcome and releasing the narrative that like this has to be hard. Like I went into this, I was like, I'm just coming here to have a good time. I'm just going to have some fun on social media and see what happens without having that attachment to, ooh, I need this to work or I need this, you know, because then that kind of like tunnel visions ourselves when we're like, I'm going to have to sell this many courses to do this, right? Most of the way that my business grew were ways that my conscious mind could have not even thought up, right? Like to what I thought of on day six on TikTok, the CEO of an IT company is going to reach out, give me a side hustle to supplement my income. Boom. Like, no, you know, so that's really where I kind of just left it super open. was like, I'm going to go out there and have some fun. And I just took messy action. Nothing was over prepared. Nothing was overdone. If I get an idea, I just go do it. And, you know, like I'm, I'm just having fun and experimenting. Man, I love it. Miss Excel. If people want to connect with you, how can they uh, connect with you? Of course, link it up in the show notes. Yeah, so I'm Miss.Excel on TikTok and on Instagram. I'm also Kat Norton on LinkedIn and the Miss Excel on Twitter. Kat, appreciate you. Think Media Podcast. Thank you so much.